The following is a hoop ball presentation. What is going on? It's the Hoop Ball Clippers podcast. Brandon Marcus here. Hope you're having a fantastic All Star break. I know I am. The Los Angeles Clippers getting a well-deserved break as they head into the second half with a record of 37-18, and 18, currently five games back of the Los Angeles Lakers. They're in the three spot right now, one game back of Denver, and also they're a half a game in front of Utah, Utah sitting in that number four slot. Well, some stuff happened during the All-Star break, didn't it? Reggie Jackson set to be a Los Angeles Clipper, Kawhi Leonard, winning the inaugural Kobe Bryant All-Star Game MVP award. Kawhi was on fire from deep in that ball game. So we'll talk about Reggie Jackson and what he means to this team and whether it's a good signing, whether it makes sense, and also we'll look ahead to the second half. But before we do, this podcast, like all our podcasts, is brought to you by our title sponsor, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. Check out the website at hawaiianisles.com on Amazon by searching for Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee or on Twitter at High Kona Coffee. And of course, if you're bored during the All-Star break, I know it kicks back up tomorrow. Well, why don't you head to mybookie.ag? You know what makes games fun? Putting a little money on it. All you got to do, put a couple of dollars here and there. Go ahead and sign up for a new account and use the promo code TODAY. That is the word TODAY. And MyBookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus up to $1,000. If you want to go ahead and bet on college basketball, NHL, the guys over at Hoopball Gaming, that's the Twitter handle, Hoopball Gaming. They do a tremendous job, but it's Devin or Ira. Those guys kill it when they're giving out their picks. They do a really nice job explaining why they're giving out their picks. So they're not just giving you just a number and saying, you know what, go ahead, take the Capitals minus 125. They like to talk about it and explain why they're doing it. So they do a really good job there. So mybookie.ag, the promo code is the word today. 50% deposit bonus up to $1,000. All right. So the Los Angeles Clippers, 37 and 18, and you've heard me on this podcast over the last couple of weeks and been talking to guests and been looking at the season and saying, you know what? The expectations obviously are sky high for this team. There's no doubt about that. You knew when you brought in Kawhi and you brought in PG and you gave up guys like SGA and Gallo that were fan favorites that you had to come and win. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You had to come into this season and you had to win. And it's funny because for Clippers fans, they want to win every single game. And no matter what fan you are, frankly, you want to win every single game. But the expectations are that you should win every single game. In the past, you go ahead and you play a team like Milwaukee, for example, on the road with the team that the Clippers had last year. And you thought, you know what, probably going to be a loss. But if you win, great. I mean, that game against Boston when they trailed by 20-plus at Boston and ended up winning that game, that's great. No doubt about that. You'll take that win. But now it's gotten to the point where the Clippers expect to win every game. And it's hard because this season has really been tough with all the injuries. I mean, between Kawhi Leonard missing games on back-to-backs, and then he also got hurt midway through, not midway through the season, but earlier this season. Paul George, once again, is hurt. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I would be very surprised if he comes back in the next couple weeks. I I would assume that it's going to be at least three to four weeks before we see him. It would make sense to hold him out as long as possible to make sure that he does not get re-injured because what you do by bringing him back too soon 
is then you get the chance that he re-injures himself, and we're getting now towards April, and you can't have him hurt for the playoffs. I mean, I'd rather have him sit for the next month or so. We're sitting right now in the middle of February. It's February 19th. If you sit him until late March, I think you're still going to be okay. I mean, you're still going to make the playoffs. You'd like to have a top four seed, and the Clippers have been fine with just Kawhi when PG is set. And that's why you make a move for a guy like Marcus Morris, is it gives you some more scoring and some more depth behind Paul George. And that's why you make the move, possibly, for Reggie Jackson. Gives you more scoring in that second unit and helps you out with a guy like Patrick Beverly Hurt. And that's another guy that's been hurt, is Pat Bev. And people really underestimate how important he is to this team. And what he does defensively for this squad is very obvious. But offensively, he just is a dog. And he does a great job of just running the offense and getting into the corner, hitting those threes. Remember, he struggled a lot from three early on, and now he's a guy that you can rely on. And when you miss a Paul George, you miss a Kawhi Leonard, you miss a Patrick Beverly, you miss a Landry Shamit, when those guys are out, it affects the rest of your rotations. So sure, without Shamit, yeah, you should still be winning games, but you forget how much it impacts the bench unit. And what Shamit does to spread the floor. And if you don't have that guy in Shamit to spread the floor, then you can go ahead and put more guys on Lou Williams and put the attention towards Lou. And then Lou misses more shots. You may not have a 20-point-per-game score in some of these guys, but what they do off the ball is actually just as important as what they do on the ball. So Marcus Moore spreading the floor. Landry Shamit making sure that he gets wide so that the lanes are there for a guy like Lou Williams. It's important that you have to honor a guy like Landry on the perimeter so his guy can't cheat towards the paint to go ahead and double-team a guy like Trez. And if he does, then if Landry's on the floor, he hits that three. So it's important to have all these guys healthy. Now, like I said with Adam Osland, you are you're getting to the point now where you cannot assume help, health. You cannot assume that this team is going to be healthy. Once the playoffs come and you say, all right, fine, they'll be healthy once we get to the playoffs and they'll go ahead. They'll be in the Western Conference finals against the Lakers. Unfortunately, it's not that easy. And now I think the focus more than anything needs to be on keeping this team healthy. So speaking of health and Patrick Beverly, let's talk about Reggie Jackson and what Reggie Jackson is going to bring to this Clippers team, because he's a guy that. Recently came back from injury himself, okay? He was out for a while. Recently came back from injury. If you look at his numbers this year, he's only played in 14 games, okay? So that tells you a little bit about where he has been, and that's been the sidelines. 27 minutes per game. He's averaging, if we look at his numbers a little closer, 15 points per game. Pretty good. Rebounding, don't really care, right? I mean, three rebounds per game is fine. He's averaging five assists per game, okay? So that's going to help out a lot. Field goal percentage has not been good, 38%. Free throw percentage, if we look at this guy from the free throw line, 79%. But I think that's actually a number that you should ignore because over the last several years, he's been at 86, 83.5, 86.8, 86.4. So he's a better free throw shooter than he's, he's over 80%. There's no doubt about that. So with Reggie Jackson, who was obviously very good when he started with Oklahoma City, and then he moved over to Detroit, and since then... Since 2014, he's averaging about 17.5, 18.8, 14.5, 14.6, 15.4. He's a scorer. I mean, he really is a scorer. And it's funny because if you didn't have Lou Williams, you'd be like, oh, wow, that's great. That helps the second unit a ton. And now it just shows the Clippers have even more depth. And now with Patrick Beverly out, you can go ahead and slide Lou into that starting lineup. 
and put Reggie Jackson off the bench, or you can go ahead and you can start Reggie Jackson and bring Lou back off the bench so he's getting more minutes with that Trez pick and roll that he loves, or you can start Shamit, who I don't think, by the way, the Clippers want to do. It's a start him at point guard. I think they'd rather have him off the ball. And in that scenario, you'd obviously have Lou and Reggie Jackson off the bench. I think it makes more sense to have those two guys spread out. Reggie Jackson, by the way, is not going to walk into 30 or 35 minutes. That's just not the way this is going to go. It would make sense for the Clippers that he becomes more of a depth piece while Patrick Beverly is out and he plays minutes and he obviously scoops up a lot more minutes while Beverly is out. But once Beverly is healthy, he's going to be someone that I think will play about 10 to 12 minutes in the playoffs. And be surprised if he plays more than that. Because you got to think about all the minutes of the guard position for Shamit, for Pat Beverly, for Lou Williams. And when you lose a guy like Derek Walton and you no longer have him at point guard and you don't trust Terrence Mann very much, you need to have some depth behind Beverly. And what this does is it gives you more depth behind Beverly. And I think it's very important the Clippers are going to make this move. And it's funny because Reggie Jackson said he's not going to get bought out. And then, of course, he gets bought out, and now he's joining the Clippers. But he's not a very good shooter percentage-wise, okay? So do not rely on him coming in and shooting 50%. He shoots about 42%. That's just who he is. Over his career, he's at 42.7. So he's not someone that's going to light things up. And the one issue with him, and I'm going to put this together with Marcus Morris, is that if they think all of a sudden they should become the hero, then the offense is in trouble. So one of those guys needs to make sure that they become part of the team. And then I think the other will follow. It's funny to say that, but I don't think that if they start seeing other guys doing hero ball, then they might do it. So with Marcus Morris, you got to be part of the team, got to move the ball. Reggie Jackson's got to move the ball, okay? The Clippers have this foundation that's won as many games as they have because they do a good job of moving the ball and they do a good job of knowing their roles and when to score. Now, if you bring somebody in like Marcus Morris... Could he disrupt that? Possibly. We'll see. But I think it's important to have him now with his Paul George injury. It makes a lot of sense. And frankly, if you lose Paul George, you put in Marcus Morris in his spot, I think it still helps a lot. And with Patrick Beverly out, I think having Reggie Jackson helps a lot. Now, one other thing that people are talking about, and I agree with, and I said this with the Marcus Morris deal. Marcus Morris deal, by the way, you had to give up a first-round pick, which frankly is going to be late. The Clippers have not exactly nailed their picks in the last several years. And you add that with a Mo Harkless who we've discussed good defensively, no doubt, but offensively he might be a liability in the playoffs. And now you add a Marcus Morris and Reggie Jackson who both probably will not be liabilities offensively. But as I was saying, what these guys do is that they play for the Los Angeles Clippers. They do not play for the Los Angeles Lakers. That's why I think it's very important you add a guy like Reggie Jackson. What are Lakers fans complaining about on Twitter? I mean, have you seen what they're complaining about? They're complaining about Rajon Rondo. They, they are not happy with Rondo. They're not happy with Avery Bradley. What does Reggie Jackson do? It gives them another very good guard that they can have play minutes over Rondo and Bradley. So another part of this deal, apart from getting you some very much needed depth behind Pat Beverly is that you bring in a guy in Reggie Jackson who will not be on the Los Angeles Clippers. The Lakers have now missed out on several different targets. And I understand that you could look at it and say, who cares? I mean, if you're going to add them, then what if they hurt the team and they hurt the chemistry? I get it. I really do. But I think that the positives 
outweigh the negatives in this situation and the positives of having them on the Clippers as opposed to the Lakers and what they can do on that Lakers team with a guy like LeBron James, it, it just makes too much sense for the Clippers to have these guys, to have the depth, and frankly, to keep them away from the Lakers. Now, if we're the Clippers, and we've talked about the health and what's important going forward, and we've talked about these two additions, what do we do with this team? What are our expectations with this team? Because right now, like I said in the beginning, the Clippers are the three seed. Realistically, where do we think they finish? Because this is a team that has been outstanding at home. They have lost the fewest games at home in the Western Conference. They are 22-5 and five in the Western Conference, okay, at home. Utah is 20-5 and five at home. So those two are the only two in the Western Conference that have five or fewer losses. The away record has not been good, 15-13. and 13. Compare that to the Lakers. They're 23-5 and five away from Staples Center. And what's been tough to see with the Clippers is they really have seemed to turn it on and off at different times. And it's been against bad teams that they've lost games that they shouldn't have lost. And then you go and you lose to a Boston and a Philadelphia before the All-Star break. And frankly, those are two tough games. But you can stomach those losses a little bit more when you win those games against a Sacramento. You win those games against an Atlanta. That's what is so frustrating about this team over the first half of the season in the first 55 games is that we still have 27 games left. And this team needs to start figuring it out where they don't lose to these bad teams. And I'm going to say that, but I'm also going to give it with a caveat. And that is that once we get to the playoffs, the Clippers won't be playing bad teams. And they have shown time and time again, they are one of the best teams in the entire NBA against very good teams. And so when it push comes to shove, and when Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard is playing 35-plus minutes a game and he's not sitting because it's a back-to-back, and when hopefully Paul George is healthy, when hopefully Pat Beverly is healthy, when those guys are all on the floor and Doc Rivers has everyone at his disposal, then that's a team that should be okay. But obviously the injuries are a problem and the fact that the Clippers haven't been here before. Kawhi's been here. But the Clippers have not been here before as a team. Doc has been here, but the Clippers haven't. And this is a team that obviously has this big, overarching Clippers curse that just hovers over this squad. Okay? We haven't seen them win a title. I mean, this team has been cursed. It it seems like everyone gets hurt. And now it's the same thing. I mean, Paul George now hurt. Pat Beverly now hurt. Shamit was hurt. So... When we look to the playoffs, hopefully they have everyone together and they should be fine. But going back to my original point, I think in the final 27 games, you need to start putting wins together and you need to start caring about every single game. Every game is important because we'll talk about seeding now. Where should the Clippers end up? Where will they end up? It's a good question. Thanks. I asked it myself. Well, I'm not entirely sure this team moves up to that two spot because you have Denver, who's a game up, Utah, a game and a half behind Denver. So it really is those three teams. Um, Houston's going to be there in the mix, but I don't think that they're good enough to catch 
the Nuggets, Clippers, and Jazz. I, I, I do think the Lakers get that one spot, okay? So it's Denver, Utah, and L.A. fighting for that two spot. And you may say, well, what's the importance of getting that two spot? Because those four teams are going to have home field, home field, rather, home court in the first round. The second round is what's important because the Clippers are, if they're that two spot, they're going to play either Denver or Utah. And you don't want to have Denver or Utah have that home court and let them be the two spot because it's much harder to go to altitude. That's a very big home court advantage to be at Denver and at Utah. Those two teams play much better at home. Denver, this year at home, 21-7. and Utah at home this year, 20-5. and Two of the best home records in the entire NBA. So, you need to get that two spot. And that's why I say every single game is now important. You need to win these games against the Atlantas. Let's look at the Los Angeles Clippers schedule because I think it's important to discuss what's coming up and how the Clippers can do in those games. Out of the All-Star break, they don't play until Saturday, okay? That's a very long rest. They're the last team to play this week, okay? Lots of teams play Thursday and Friday. They play Saturday against Sacramento. That needs to be a win. Monday against Memphis, that needs to be a win. Wednesday at Phoenix, that needs to be a win, okay? You need to open with a three-game winning streak. Then you play Denver and Philadelphia at home. Those are tougher games, okay? The Clippers have played well in those games against good teams, but you just lost to Philadelphia before the All-Star break. So it's going to be tough. Then you play at OKC, could be a tough game. At Houston, also could be a tough game. At home against the Lakers, So that's now why you see the Clippers need to win those first three games out of the All-Star break. Then you play Golden State, Brooklyn, New Orleans, Dallas, Denver, Phoenix, New York, Brooklyn, Detroit, Charlotte, Indiana, Sacramento, OKC. There is no reason during that 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13-game stretch from March 10th until April 4th that the Clippers should not win. They should win at least 11 or 12 games in that span. Okay? Will it happen? Who knows? But it needs to happen. Because then after that, you play at Utah. Tough game. Home against Chicago, Golden State, Minnesota, Portland. You have a chance to win the final four games of the season. You mix that in with those other 13 games. Exclude the Utah game. That is 17 games where you should win at least 14 or 15 of those games. And if you do, you should get the two spot, okay? That's why I think the Clippers very well could get the two spot is because their schedule is very, very light once you get past that Lakers game on March 8th. You're going to have a Lakers game that gets rescheduled at some point in there, but the schedule is very, very light. You need to capitalize. You need to win games against these bad teams because we're no longer messing around, guys. We're now in crunch time, and we saw in the NBA All-Star game when it got to that point where it actually mattered at the end of the game, those guys played defense, and they buckled down, and they were able to get those stops, okay? The Clippers now need to do the same exact thing, and they need to get themselves into that two spot, and frankly, I think they're capable of it, and I think they will get that two spot, and we will be looking forward to a Clippers-Lakers Western Conference Finals. Really hope that does happen. Reggie Jackson, really nice addition. Curious to see how he fits in with his team, how many minutes he plays with his team. Also curious how Marcus Morris does now in place of Paul George. And now with Doc Rivers, and 
I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. This is one of Doc Rivers' toughest coaching jobs. And this is my final point point before I say so, so long. Doc Rivers has a lot of bullets in his chamber. But the question is now, who is he going to put on the floor? Which guys are going to fit together? Which players make the most sense with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard? Who makes the most sense next to Lou Williams and Trez? It's going to be on Doc to figure that out. And frankly, it's very difficult to figure out. And you need to give him a little bit of slack. But you have three games out of the All-Star break where you have three wins that should be on the schedule. Doesn't matter that you're trying to fit guys in. You have three wins on the schedule. With this Clippers team, you have a lot of depth. Injuries suck. There's no doubt about it. But Marcus Moore should slide into PG's role. And Pat Beverly off the floor. You should see Reggie Jackson slide in. Who's going to start now with Paul George out? Does that mean now? Because Marcus Morris was starting before. You'll have Morris. You'll have Kawhi. You'll have Zoo. Question is, who else starts? Does Shamit start? Does Beverly start if he's healthy? Obviously. Does Reggie Jackson start? Does Lou start? It'll be interesting to see. But keep an eye on who starts and how many minutes guys are getting and who is playing late in games. That's something we'll be watching throughout this season. All right. Appreciate you guys listening to me rant and discuss this uh, all-star break and what we're looking forward to the second half. The Clippers make some good additions in Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris. They're not in the Lakers, so that is a very good thing. The Clippers right now, I know you guys are frustrated when they lose these games, and frankly, I am too. But don't forget, this team is still just one game back of that two spot. And if you get the two spot, you'll be A-OK. If you want to follow me on Twitter, do so at BDMarcus. The podcast is at Hootball Clips on Twitter. Hopefully come back this weekend aiming to get Justin Wilson of LA Clippers Film on the podcast. He does a nice job over there at LA Clippers Film. So we can discuss the uh, first game of the season, or uh, the first game of the second half of the season, where the Clippers take on the Sacramento Kings. Maybe we'll get Brew on, but he's got his baby. Who knows if he'll come on. Uh, February 22nd, that is Saturday at 12.30 p.m. The Clippers take on the Kings. I'm Brandon Marcus saying so long. We'll talk to you next time. This has been the Hoopball Clippers Podcast. Go Clips! This has been a Hoopball presentation.